In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Brothers and sisters, this is one of those stories, one of the parables, uh, one of the sayings of Jesus in the Gospel, that we read and we would think that it's kind of black and white, or it's kind of just a, a, a very surface level, we can get a very surface level understanding of the text. From this one, it would seem like Jesus is saying, well, there's a rich guy and there's a poor guy, and the rich guy uh, went to hell and the poor guy went to Abraham's bosom or was something like heaven. Uh, there was a rich guy who you know, ate sumptuously every day. He was very comfortable in life. And the, the poor guy was uh, tormented or he lived a very difficult life and therefore he went to heaven while the rich guy who, very, who lived a very comfortable life went to hell. Therefore, uh, if you're rich or comfortable or you have an easier life, you're going to go to hell, and if you have, if you're a poor person who lives a more difficult life, then you're going to go to heaven. It seems that way on uh, the kind of just the surface level understanding of this text, but it goes much deeper than that. On the one hand, it is true that, you know, like Jesus says, uh, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This is obviously true. It's hyperbolic, but nevertheless, it is difficult if we are comfortable in this life to enter heaven. Uh, and that's not because of comfort itself, but because of the effect of comfort. It is not because of riches that someone would be separated for all eternity from God, but because of the effects, the uh, ordinary effects of being rich, which I'll talk about. But it goes much more than one's financial status. In our society today, this gospel reading is very relevant. Because our society, we live in a very reductionist society. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. In our culture, we tend to reduce human beings to something else. We tend to reduce them to mere objects, or to mere uh, shapes, or to mere things, just material, material, material stuff. Human beings to us oftentimes are just stuff. And we see this from bad movies, bad films and stuff like that that people watch. We see it from the way people treat each other, let's say online or in person, the way people are quick to anger, the way people demonize others from another political perspective or another religious perspective or whatever it is. The way we see the other person is from a reductionist perspective. We tend to just lower the dignity of the person in order for us to use them, to abuse them, to overcome them, to somehow uh, uh, do better than them, to somehow prop ourselves up, or to somehow or another to our own advantage, or our own pleasure, or something else like that. We have this habit in our culture to reduce people to something other than what they are, a human person made in the image and likeness of God. And I think that has a lot to do with the kind of philosophical age that we live in today, which is materialism, uh, the, the society that we've inherited for the last at least couple hundred years is a materialist society, it's a materialist culture. The only thing that exists is matter. The only thing that exists is stuff, atoms, and the stuff that atoms, when they're built up, make up. This is an unfortunate thing because there's so much more to life and there's so much more to the world 
And there's so much more to the human person. We do the same thing, but from the opposite end of the spectrum. Either we reduce people to just a thing, a shape, just stuff itself, or we can idealize people and hold them to standards and just uh, uh, kind of blow them up and idolize them. To the point where they're not even human anymore, they're just legends. This is something like the celebrity cult that we have in our culture now. Where celebrities or you know, athletes or whatever it is, we look up to them, we read about them, we search them online, we spend hours watching videos about their lives, we're interested in what they do as if it has anything to do with us, and it doesn't. Unfortunately, the effect of both of these is the same. We just strip the personhood out of somebody and either idealize them or reduce them to something that they're not. I'll give you an example of this with me. I have been reading this one Catholic scholar, this theologian, for at least a couple of years now. I won't say his name because you'll find out why. But I've been reading his works for at least a couple of years now. He's a great scholar, okay, a systematic theologian, American guy. Uh, I read a lot of his books because it's good for my own research and things like that. But I've never heard him give a talk. I've never heard him give a presentation or anything. I know his name and I know his works really well. He's written over 30 books and hundreds of articles and all these things. Yesterday, I ran across a podcast where he was interviewed by some Protestant guy. And I listened to the podcast and the Catholic was defending the Catholic faith. And he was one of the worst speakers I've ever heard ever in my life, ever. I was feeling sorry for the guy, to be honest with you, because it was so bad. I mean, his sentence structure was just awful. The terminology was remedial. It was just, the arguments were not even logical. I mean, it was really, really poor. It was a very poor presentation. It went on for like an hour, and I was just, by the end of it, just disillusioned by the whole thing. Now, that was a big wake-up call for me. I read this call, I read this call for a long time, and his writing is wonderful, it's awesome, he's very good, uh, but I idealized him in a sense. I expected him to just blow this Protestant guy out of the waters, and he really did a bad job. And so it brought him back down to earth for me, which was a very sobering thing. On the other hand, that's what we do when we idealize people. On the other hand, when we reduce people to something that they're not, which is to just shapes and objects and things like that, we know when people do that. For example, when uh, money is our highest value and stuff, you know, material things is our highest value and our ego is the things that we value the most, everybody has seen it. We will betray a brother, we will betray a sister, we will betray a friend, anything that it is, for a good business deal. We will betray people, human beings, so that we can make more money, so that we can have more stuff, so that we can look better than other people, so that our status in society is somehow greater by betraying this person or that other person. It's very easy to do that. And what we do when we do that is we reduce that person to something lower than the money that we're making. That is us reducing somebody and their dignity below either ourselves or the money that we would make or anything else. <coughs> what does that have to do with the gospel reading? I don't think this gospel reading is uh, primarily about riches and poverty and things like that. 
I think it's about us seeing a person as a person. And that the rich man goes to hell because he doesn't see the poor man, Lazarus, as a human person. And the way we know that is the rich man is clothed in purple and fine linen and he's feasting sumptuously every day. So he's concerned with his clothes, he's concerned with the food that he's eating, he's just consuming himself with pleasures. While there's a poor guy laying at his gate, who is full of sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table, and upon whom the dogs came and licked his sores. See, it's not that rich people go to hell and poor people go to heaven. It's that we have a tendency to reduce people to something, to just shapes and stuff. And when there's shapes and stuff, we can dismiss them. When there's shapes and stuff, we can abuse them. When there's shapes and stuff, we don't have to care or think or be concerned with them. That's why the rich man goes to hell. Because he doesn't see the poor man as a person any longer. But there's a really interesting thing, very subtle in this parable. We can turn somebody into something lower than a person. We can reduce the per somebody's personhood to just a thing. But we don't actually reduce anybody's personhood because my personhood and your personhood, my value, your value, my dignity, your dignity comes from God, not from me or you. What ends up happening is what we see in the Gospel reading. Jesus says there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen. And at his gateway, a poor man named Lazarus. The poor man has a name, but the rich man is not named in the parable. He doesn't have a name. When we reduce somebody to something lower than a, the dignity of a human person, it's not that they lose their personhood, we lose our personhood. The rich man no longer has a name. He loses his very dignity as a man. He is the one whose personhood is reduced. He's the one that no longer has a name. And that's hell. A person is somebody, it's two Latin words, persona, somebody that sounds through. The idea is that we communicate. A person is somebody that communicates. We communicate with God, we communicate with one another. When we are so wrapped up in our, let's say, riches, let's say our pleasures, let's say food, let's say sexual deviancies, let's say our own egos, let's say anything that you want. When we're so self-consumed and so self-absorbed that we can no longer see God, we can no longer see the person that's in front of us, then we live in the hell that we've created for ourselves, by ourselves, in our own hearts. And that's exactly where we'll end up. Brothers and sisters, this is a tendency that has really crept into our culture today. We have to try very, very hard and very intentionally to see everybody around us the way God sees them. As a person who is endowed with great dignity, who is made in the image and likeness of God, whether rich or poor or anything else. If God says, this is a person, this person is created in my image and likeness, that's what they are. 
And it is our responsibility to see them and to treat them that way. And if we don't do that now, which not all of us do, which not any of us do for everybody, that's the goal that we're working towards. So that when we go to meet God, we can say, we are familiar, we belong to the same family, we see things exactly the same. Amen.